Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 64 of With Heart and Wonder. I'm your host, Megan, a creativity coach and a restorative yoga teacher, really passionate about helping you tap into your own courage, compassion, and creativity so that you can share more of your unique and incomparable magic with the world. Today, I am just so delighted to share with you a conversation with a truly incredible guest, Sabine Motter. And I don't often read bios. In full disclosure, it's because when other people read bios, um, my eyes kind of glaze over. But Sabine's bio is going to give you such a great introduction to her work. I just had to read it today. So Sabine is an Ottawa painter and mixed media artist with a passion for colorful canvases, juicy journals, and works on paper of all sizes a communicator and facilitator who loves to weave words and community into her creative practice. Sabine starts every day with fresh air and making art and ends it with a good book. Everything in between adds texture. Our conversation today is such a beautiful exploration of what it means to create a really mindful, heart-centered, embodied, creative practice and the ways in which that can serve as a refuge for you through the peaks and valleys, the ebbs and flows of life. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Sabine, to the podcast. I am truly so delighted to be able to share space today and to have this little bit of time to play and explore the creative process with you. And I know that there is just so much goodness that you have to share about this and so much that really aligns so much with some of the themes we talk about on this podcast in terms of curiosity and play and compassion and rest and wellness and just so much goodness. And I thought we could start by this really, like it made my jaw drop in just like how like potent it was, but this sentence that's on your homepage and it is painting allows me to see things differently and to sleep at night. Can you tell us a little bit about this line? That's, it's so funny. Thank you so much for, you know, having me here and diving in with that very first line that you see on that landing page, because I thought it was very simple. I thought it really summed up why I'm here and why it is I do what I do, why it is I immerse myself in my creative practice. But there are really two parts to that statement I realized. Um, Really, it sort of wraps the day and night uh, Mm. because my creative practice allows me to see things differently, not only when I'm here in my art room pouring over my journals or my canvas or, you know, my bits of paper that I'm always cutting, gluing and tearing. But 
it's when I'm outside in the world and Mm -hmm. when I'm in the community, I just have almost trained myself to be on the lookout for color, for flashes of shape, for movement. And I can't help but look for things in different ways or sometimes challenge myself even, you know, on a really gray day and you're on a gray pavement. Well, maybe there's something uh, purple that I can look for or Mm. what's that shiny thing over there. And so I, I feel that from, from that very sort of practical, physical level, then I start to look at my surroundings a little bit more deeply as well. So starting on the surface, just for inspiration that it could possibly inform my art, then takes me deeper to what's below the surface. Like, what is this community? What, where am I? What role do I have to play within it? Um, so then that just leads down, as you can imagine, various, I don't want to say rabbit holes, um, but just various paths, because they are very much above ground. And uh, what I've learned through keeping my eyes open is that there is a lot of magic out there. And there are a lot of corners to go around uh, just to see what's what's there, what's, you know, where's this going to lead? And I'm so grateful to be able to say that that I've come across a lot of magical moments. And I guess that takes me to, again, back, back to my practice, creating, and then being able to, to know in my body that when I go to bed at night, I have done something for myself. I have brought the day into my practice and I've put myself into the day. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a real flow. And if I don't do that, I feel it. I feel the lack and I feel uncomfortable. And the day hasn't been well spent, but by no means does this mean I spend all day in search of that magic, even, you know, 15 minutes, uh, it can be enough to be that kernel of, uh, my practice that takes me through. Absolutely. There was so much beauty in what you just shared. And I can really hear from the way that you talk about your approach to your creative practice, as well as to like wholehearted living, just how curious and playful and filled with wonder and layered it is. And there's just so much there. What I really loved about this sentence when I first read it, the painting allows me to see things differently and to sleep at night. And it's such a beautiful, like, you know, succinct, but so whole sentence. And what, what, really kind of came across to me and I think why for me it was like a full body yes is just because there is and I've always viewed just such a deep relationship between our creativity and our wellness like our ability to sleep at night or our ability to feel at home in our bodies or our ability um, to feel like our most energized vibrant self for me that is deeply 
connected to our ability, as you say, to imagine and play and envision things differently than they are, to see things differently. Those two things are like 100% connected. And I know that they are for you as well, that there is this role of creativity in the creative process that is so special and unique for allowing that integrated wholeness. There are definitely, to me, two sides of the creativity coin. And one is a place of quiet retreat. Mm -hmm. And the other is a playground. Yes. And uh, so that's what I really, you know, seek out for myself when I enter into my practice. And that is what I really want to encourage other people to do because it feels good. Yeah. You know, for no other grander, um, more complicated reason than that, but it feels good good yes it is definitely for me it is um it is a wellness practice and you need that quiet time like we we all we all know it on various levels but um we don't always take the time to honor that that need exactly because it's it is a basic need um and i've built in um, my practice to my daily routine by starting my day with my practice so that no matter what happens throughout the day, I will have built this foundation. So when Mm -hmm. things start to go south, I can take a a moment and, and just reflect ever so briefly on the fact that, well, at least I did this or that and you know it, it might have like I said it might have just been 15 minutes um playing with some colors I want to uh try out together trying a different palette or maybe I just had time to tear a few um scraps out of an old dictionary and play when play with the composition of shapes but I've done that and I I've got that inside me but I also have it in front of me because uh um, art making is so tactile and you get to see something develop before your eyes, you can go back to it throughout the day. And it's proof that I woke up and I did something that made me feel me, that made me feel alive and healthy. And even when you're going through whatever's happening during the day, you can always think, I can come back to this. Either later on in the day or again tomorrow morning, I can start my day this way. Mm-hmm. So then the you know it, it actually brings in that whole well. And this is also why I can sleep at night because I know I can come back to this. Mm-hmm. It's waiting for me. It's an ongoing project, if you will. It's always a work in progress. It's there for me. Yeah, and that is a, it's comforting. It's reassuring. Um, it, it's nourishing to use a, a word that, uh, that that I think we both like. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorites. And I can really hear the way in which that creative outlet can become a resource and a container and a space to, to explore self and self-expression. And that's what, when you were, when you were speaking just now, the, what was really coming up for me is, um, I think sometimes our approach to like artistic endeavors can be, more focused on 
what's outside of us. Like I think back to grade school and this is why I like hated visual arts and like craft time as a child because it was something that was then like assessed and graded and like there was this level of judgment that was introduced into the picture. Um, And I even think too about just, I think like there's a lot of people who, who want to produce things that are of value or have a value. Um, And that is a little bit different than this like self-expression as a innate part of who we are, as a space that allows us to connect to our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our like what's our inner landscape and the external landscape. Like that's very different. But I think sometimes we move through life and some of us kind of just like decide we aren't artistic or we like can't do creative things or we aren't artists. And I know that you work to disrupt this. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that a little. Yeah. Just hearing, you know, your starting point, it, it dismays me because I hear it countless times, you know, Oh, because it's labels, yeah. right. We're so used to, um, placing labels, accepting labels, and um, blocking ourselves off with these labels. And people will often say, oh, well, you're an artist. I can't do that because I'm not an artist. But there is no um, black and white. There's no no yes, no. It's not a yes, no situation. It's not binary, basically, Um it, it, it is a full-on body practice in a lot of ways because it is so tactile. Um, somebody, a, an artist that I have worked with uh, for a few years taught me that artists can be heart-centered, mind-centered, or body-centered, uh, mm. uh, depending on, on how they approach their work. And I am very much a body-centered artist and uh, the proof is in the art supplies you know just feeling them being able to play with them moving them around just you know that's before I even start to use them mm-hmm. and I think that's why my art room is so messy it's because I like to as much as I like order and and understand that it's easier that way I just like to surround myself with well, I guess my favorite things and I think that if we all gave ourselves permission to think about our favorite things and think about what makes us feel good, then we might be able to take a few, a lot, many steps back to that um, place of childhood where we were allowed or we allowed ourselves to play more freely before the label started to be applied to us before the permission seeking took form before we needed that outside validation. Mm -hmm. That's why I really think that starting with something as personal and simple as just visual journaling, you know, having a very small container that is really only for you um, can serve just about anyone who wants to take a break because that's what it is. It's a portable retreat. It's a portable playground. And it's a it's a timeout against the hustle and bustle of, of all the demands that we're faced with. 
every day, day in, day out. Yeah, yeah. In all of the demands that we have in our lives, why should people who feel really busy and overwhelmed make time for play and creativity? It's as basic as, you know, taking a breath. Yeah. Right? We can't sustain that nonstop busyness. Um, we need to pause. We need to sometimes program our pausing. And we do that, right, in different ways. We will program our exercise. We'll program our, like our fitness. We'll program um, the social aspect of our lives. But sometimes we overprogram as well. Yes. And um, then these things that are meant to be benefits to our wellness become rote, they become chores. And uh, that's why I think we, we really do need to be intentional about just ooh, taking a break from all that mm-hmm. and, um, and, and thinking, okay, right now what I'm doing is just for fun or it's just a little bit of exploring. It's just to turn off to just tune out the noise because we are immersed in nonstop noise and and sometimes we just need to block it and uh, by doing something physical but very free flowing and and that can help us get into a another kind of flow very quickly and then before we know it we we've we have actually switched gears and um I know for myself, it just feels like, oh, I can breathe differently again. Yeah. I I used to, just as an example, actually, I used to uh, run off during my lunch hour um, from the office to either my favorite coffee shop or wherever I could go and sit down. And out of my handbag, I would pull just a little tiny um, sandwich bag, just a Ziploc, where I had stuffed two inch squares of watercolor paper and uh, a very small portable paint set with uh, a, a paintbrush that you can fill with water so you don't even need, need a water container and I would hustle over find a seat get out my phone where I had photos and I would just start painting on a two inch square and I think that is what really um, helped me build the habit because a two inch square is really not very big. And, you know, if you're using watercolor, it can go very fairly quickly and it doesn't have to be, I think we've established, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We're not, uh, we're not, um, really focused on the end result. It's Mm -hmm. not a product. It's a process. Mm -hmm. And I would find that, I'd get excited about my lunchtime. I'd get excited to go running off and um, sort of securing, it felt like securing the perimeter. And now I was painting again. Now I was like putting away my office uh, persona and putting on my playtime persona. And that really um, gave me a different energy. Yes. So going yeah, going back to the office for the afternoon, I was energized. I was ready to go because I had taken, it was like taking a vitamin. Yeah, I can feel the power in that example. And I can feel, as you talk about it, the way in which 
carving out this little bit of protected time for you was a vehicle for presence. And that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about, because I I know, I, I talk to people all the time who feel so heavy carrying around like, I need to be exercising and making meals and sleeping and doing this and meditating. And it can become the case that all of these are shoulds and they're actually, it can be the case that it is disconnecting us from presence, like when we are just going through the motions. And I can can really appreciate in your approach and having, especially in the morning, that time to just play and explore the way in which that is allowing you to embody a sense of presence that you can come back to. I really like how you've connected it to being present. I'm going to take that away. And, oh, you know, you ask about how do you fit one more thing in. Well, the reality is, you know, I'm not proud of it, but I spend way too much time on my phone. Yes. I actually just did a post today about, you know, it's because it's it's the thing that we hear all the time, right? With people's goals and dreams and the things that will support them. I don't have time for it, but it's, it's okay. But can we get curious about this for a second? Can we get curious and look at the ways that we are spending our time and is it aligning with our values and is it meeting ourselves where we are? Because it could even, even if we take social media out of it, it could even be that maybe what your body doesn't need right now is movement and exercise, but maybe you do actually need to just like cozy up with a cup of tea in your journal. And that's the presence, right? That's the meeting yourself where you are. Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 aligns with not being so wedded to a routine that we allow ourselves not just wiggle room, but you know, a little bit of dance space. I, I I'd love to share just that your your hands right now are doing this beautiful <laughs> dance and and what they're communicating to me is the flow, right? Like allow ourselves to be in the flow and the rhythms and um which again, like that takes a level of opening our eyes and being curious to what's happening to, to, to see things differently as we, we started to speak about, right? To get out of the routines and get curious about what it is that we need. And it's about making choices too, right? Um, because there, it, it's, it's not as though there's an infinite amount of time where we can just keep adding things that feel good. Yes. Um, adding wellness, adding meditation and fitness and nutrition and uh, creative. And we have to make choices. Yeah. And that, and it, it is all very, uh, it, it, that, that in itself is a practice, right? Becoming mindful of the choices we make, as you say, being present and um, acceptance mm-hmm. that we can't do everything we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not at the same time, you know, not, not necessarily ever. Yes, it's true. 
And it sounds it sounds limiting, but actually, in a way, it's freeing too, because it's just not all going to happen. So, yeah, try and enjoy what we're doing while we're doing it. And I don't know if you find this to be true for you, but I know for me, I'm there may be a lot of things that I want to do, but if I really take a moment to connect deeply with like the wisdom inside of me at any given time, there's usually one thing that I'm craving. And so like, even though there may be many things that we want to do, like in a single given moment, there's usually one thing that speaks to us, I think. That's really interesting. And that, that's a, that would be a great thing to journal about. And, you know, in my visual practice, I do a lot of sort of intention setting or question asking, and that would be a great question. Like, what is the one thing I want to do? And I never feel awkward about it because I know I'm going to, I'm going to paint over it. Yeah. I'm going to just start laying paint over. And, and uh, a lot of my, my, my work does develop that way. I'll start scribbling whatever I'm feeling at the moment. And, and then later you'll see indistinctly bits of text through the layers of paint and uh, people will sometimes say what does that what does that say and I don't remember because that's not and I don't need to remember because that's not how I feel anymore that's how I felt at that moment when I was when I was starting that uh, that piece of work and as time goes on there's layers of other moments yeah so it's always changing and then and then there's a final moment and which may say something to me at that time but then i don't know two weeks two months later i'll be like oh what i'm seeing right now makes me feel this way instead of that way or how i'm feeling makes me interpret these marks or these colors or that movement in a different way too so nothing is uh nothing set in stone I feel like that alone and that image of you and the layering that happens and the fact that sometimes you don't even remember what was there before speaks so much to that process over product, right? That you were talking about, like it's not about, you know, having all of these things that we can put up on our walls and keep forever, but it's that this creative process can be a chance to the impermanence of it almost has a a bit of magic to it i think you know you you spoke about those magic moments and i feel like the impermanence of it all makes it that much more magical because things change from start to finish and i think that again you know to come back to um people feeling maybe intimidated I think a visual journal is a great, again, a great container because you can keep layering on top there. Pages are a lot sturdier than we think. And it's just amazing how much uh, pencil and paint and paper and glue can be, can build upon a base and, uh, and how good it feels, not just in, a, in our hands while we're doing it, but then afterwards, I love to just 
run my hand across the pages uh, that I've worked on. Uh, sometimes it's super smooth because I've put so much into it. Sometimes they're really rough. And so, you know, if people feel nervous about, oh, that doesn't look good, cover it up. Mm. Oh, that still doesn't look good. Keep playing. And it's that flow you, you've mentioned, Megan, you know, you keep playing and just by freeing yourself up, then, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that looks interesting. That reminds me of, hey, you know, and you start to have a different kind of conversation with yourself. And uh, we often hear about the messy middle, um, whether it's it's a painting on canvas or maybe it's a, a draft of a story you're writing. You know, you have to push through and not get bogged down by the feeling that it's bigger than you. You just have to keep dancing with it. And I think most of the time, you know, it uh, you, you come to a, 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 a really nice place where uh, it feels comfortable. Mm, I love this visual of dancing with it it's almost like a love letter to the physicality of art. I feel like I hear in your voice as you talk about it and, um, and the way in which that that too can, can bring us present, right? In that really embodied way. I was wondering if for somebody, if we have anyone listening, and I have to confess, I don't know that much about visual journaling myself, but if we have anyone listening who's maybe even never heard the term visual journaling, can you give us like, what would, what would you tell us to get started? Basically, um, you would need a journal and okay. that could be a blank book. It could be, you know, from the art store, uh, a very simple, uh, say mixed media book of blank pages, inexpensive, small. The most frightening thing about that are the is the blankness of the page. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then, you know, what, and if, if people haven't done any of that before, uh, then it's uh, a matter of experimenting with different art supplies and really seeing what feels good in your hands and what brings out the colors you want to see. So there are so many different tools to play with, but I think that uh, an important starting point is color. Mm. Now, what colors make you light up? What colors um, bring back good memories? What colors make you excited? What colors keep your energy high? What colors make you want to calm down? And and you know, how do you want to see them on the on the page? You know, maybe you just want to draw circles and color them in. Maybe you want to um, place them in different ways to see how they relate to each other both in, in terms of size or how do colors relate to each other. Um, if you are even a little bit nervous about art supplies, there's uh, an even easier way to start, and that's just going through old magazines, mm -hmm. cutting out uh, uh, images that you like, or just cutting out from, say, backgrounds, cutting out colors, and uh, just placing them on that page of your journal in different ways, seeing, oh, you know, one way might catch your eye a little more than another, glue it down, mm -hmm. turn the page, 
keep playing. Um, certainly during COVID, uh, we didn't all have access to uh, art supplies uh, during lockdowns. And so I think a lot of people had to just rummage in their recycling bins. And I, I did spend a lot of time thinking about how, how can we make art and be creative and, and make something, transform something before our eyes with what it is we have. Mm -hmm. And I've come to the conclusion that what I really need is a glue stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you can even make journals out of paper bags. You can take an old magazine and just use that as your base and just glue over. Um, or you can use, you know, a magazine that say comes in the mail, a flyer, uh, a brochure, just paint uh, each page with a solid color, you know, you do it all white or do it all black and then use that as your base. Mm -hmm. If And sometimes that's that's the way I start too. If, uh, if I'm feeling trepidatious about the blank page, because sometimes, you know, it's a scarcity, scarcity model and we don't want to ruin things unless we're sure it's going to be nice. Yes. So, you know, playing with the, with maybe simple journals that we make ourselves that that can be an entry point into uh, feeling more comfortable feeling more at ease even too i remember when i first learned in high school about like found poetry and the idea of of you know finding words just in our surroundings you know like that are on the things that you're throwing out anyways like like all of these these places that we can look around us and start to play with what's there right absolutely and you know there's a plethora of riches because when you think of advertising and, and any sort of marketing vehicles a lot of money goes into they're beautiful these days the colors and yeah so take advantage of what's at our fingertips and like cut out and create your own story your own narrative mm. and and I say all I really need is a glue stick it's glue stick because often I don't even use scissors I really like again I really like to tear around an image and tear it out of uh, its original surroundings and and I found that again it's the motion mm -hmm. To slow down and be careful mm. about not tearing through the image, but keeping it intact while tearing it. That also forces me to slow down, really think about what I'm doing, and not think about what I need to do next mm -hmm. or what's waiting for me. Again, it's, as you said, being in the present. Yes so many just like rich gems of wisdom that you have shared with us today. And as we start to weave our way to the end of the episode, I'm curious if there's anything on your heart or any piece of soul wisdom that you'd love to share for anyone who is feeling inspired to start maybe for the first time or to um, reinvigorate a creative practice? I think one reason that having a creative practice is really important is that when times are rough and unexpected, that we do have a safe place, that we've created a safe space in which we can take refuge. And I've seen this happen um, in my own life time and again, 
I'll be working on something and, you know, exploring and it's exciting and it's rewarding. And then boom, I'll be hit with some sort of tsunami of life where then I find myself clinging to the practice and going um, in there just to experience that quietness. And, you know, I find that this, the physicality of the practice is almost like a hug for myself, which sounds really hokey and really corny right now because I'm not having a big crisis, but when you're in the middle of it, going in, going quietly and feeling safe and protected in a space that you've created yourself, that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And empowering. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that image of almost like wrapping yourself in a safety blanket or a little cocoon. And I know that people, this is corny too, but people talk about caterpillars and butterflies all the time. But like that idea of like when we retreat, there is also an integration that is happening. And as part of that, there can be things that fall away and, and things that are birthed. And there's a beauty in both. Yeah. And then when you come out on the other side, it, it feels very natural. Mm. It's a flow again. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that idea of a creative practice as a refuge, as a place that we can retreat to find ourselves again, to find almost like sturdy ground, that physicality, that presence. And I'm hoping that those listening feel really inspired to maybe think about how they can create something similar for themselves. I'm so, so grateful for all that you've shared. And there's there has been such a real depth to the stories and the insights and the wisdom that you've given us today. And I feel like there's a lot to chew on and a lot to play with. Thank you so, so much for the gift of your presence with us and for the gift that you're giving the world and both for artists and non-artists. I know you work with both. Um, there is such a, a special quality to the way in which you are showing up to guide people closer to their creative selves. Thank you so much, Megan. Well, that episode gave me so much inspiration and filled me with this curiosity about how I might start to play. And if this conversation inspired you to get out your glue stick and start to play, I would really love to hear how that goes for you. You can get in touch with me either on Instagram at Megan L. Johnston or on my website, meganjohnston.com. While you're waiting for the next podcast episode to drop, it would really mean the world to me if you took just a few moments to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That simple little action might not seem like much, but it can truly be so helpful for others in terms of finding the show. Until we meet again, Keep living with heart and wonder.